Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. You are here back on campus of Trade Show University, the podcast for virtual and live events to help you get the best results, give you the best insights, the best interviews from experts. I'm Jim Cermak, your host, and bringing you another special episode along with my friends at Caesars Entertainment. And this is a broadcast of a recent panel discussion held by SEMA, which is the Corporate Event Marketing Association. It was held at the brand new Caesars Forum. And if you're brand new to Trade Show University, drawn here by the panel discussion, I want to welcome you. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Be sure to get over to tradeshowu.biz and sign up for our newsletter. Just drop your email right there on the homepage, and you're going to find out what other great episodes are coming up. It gives you the links uh, to go back and binge on other episodes filled with tips and advice to help businesses, show planners, associations all move the needle. Plus, just for signing up for the newsletter, I'm going to send you my top 52 trade show tips for virtual, live, and hybrid events. It's absolutely free. So just get over to tradeshowu.biz. And if you're a business, if you're wondering what live events are going to be like or maybe what a true successful hybrid event is like, then you are in the right place. This panel discussion is moderated by SEMA's own executive director, Kimberly Gishler, and it's titled Back to Live Events. It features four industry leaders who give their perspectives on, on what the road back to live events looks like, because we're all kind of in the dark, but they are living it firsthand. One of the speakers, Mary Allen, she's the event manager for the first large conference that was held at Caesars Forum back in mid-April. It's called the Trauma, Critical Care, and Acute Surgery Conference. She shares her experience on what it's like to hold a large hybrid conference. So no matter whether you are an exhibitor, whether you're a sponsor, an association, show planner, or organizer, you do not want to miss this. This is going to be great. Along with Mary Allen, the other people on this panel are Rachel Andrews, who's the Director of Meetings and Events of Marketing for Cvent. She's going to be taking us on her journey through planning for a 2,000-person attendee event amidst all the uncertainty going on through the pandemic. And also, the other people on the on the panel are Caesar Entertainment's Michael Vasari, who's the Chief Sales Officer, and Don Ross, who's the Vice President of Meeting Operations for Las Vegas. And they give the venue's perspective. You know, how are they ensuring that the most current protocols for attendee safety are in place? How they deliver amazing experiences we've all come to expect expect from Caesars. They're also going to, all three of the, all four of them, I'm sorry, are going to also uh, be sharing insights on industry trends. So many great takeaways. So please uh, tune in and, and sit back, relax, and, and just enjoy this. And I wanted to thank my friends at Caesar Entertainment for making this episode possible. 
They were so excited to be hosting and presenting the SEMA Industry Experts Panel. Caesars Entertainment is committed to the meetings business with more than 50 properties around the country, including 10 first-class resorts in Las Vegas alone. Led by their brand new Caesars Forum, the 550,000-square-foot conference center is the latest addition. From corporate meetings to large industry conferences and trade shows, Caesars has what you need to have an amazing event. Please visit CaesarsMeansBusiness.com for more information. Now, on to the panel. afternoon, wherever you are located. Um, welcome to Magnificent Caesars Forum Conference Center and our first SEMA Live in-person event in more than a year. Um, I'm Kimberly Gishler, the Executive Director of SEMA, and I will be your moderator for today's session. And it seems like we're always talking about what it will look like to return to live events. Today we're going to see, hear, and learn from event pros as they um, take the brave new step on what's been going on in our industry. It's back in April, Caesars Palace hosted its first large conference since reopening. The Maddox Vegas Trauma Conference, the longest running event in the history of Las Vegas over 50 years. I'm joined here today by the people who made the meeting happen. Mary Allen, TCCAS event manager, will be sharing her trailblazing experience planning and executing her first true hybrid digital in-person event that drew 425 attendees. Welcome, Mary. Thank you. Rachel Andrews, Director of Meetings and Events Marketing Cvent, will be taking us on her journey through planning a 2000 attendee event amidst the ongoing pandemic uncertainty. And of course, two consummate event pros from the wonderful host Caesars Entertainment, Michael Massari, Chief Sales Officer, Caesars Entertainment, and Co-Chair of Meetings Mean Business, and. Uh, in Meetings Mean Business, and Don Ross, Vice President, Meeting Operations Las Vegas, Caesars Entertainment, will give the venue perspective, how they deliver this amazing Caesars and Las Vegas experiences while ensuring that the most current protocols for attendee safety are in place. So welcome, you guys. I'm so glad you're all here. Good, Good morning. Good to be here. Our discussion will start today with questions I pose to each of the panelists individually. Then we will open the floor up to interactive Q&A in the audience. So please put your questions in here. I will be able to... Uh, moderate it as we go. And those of you viewing, viewing online can submit your questions via the site chat. We may not get to all of them, but rest assured we will try. So with that being said, I'm going to start with you, Mary. Mm -hmm. The hot seat, the first one. Uh, you were the first to join, to plan a large event here in, in April. With, uh, with the past 54 years, this conference has been going on in, in every year, constant. Last year you had to cancel, correct? Correct. Yeah. So at you, the last minute. At the last minute. <laughs> the very last minute. You normally have 1,200 attendees. What was this year like? This year was definitely very different. It was an uphill challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, we finally ended with 448 live attendees and about the same number for virtual. Um, we really had no control over how many people were going to come. It was in the hands of the governor of Nevada. So we started out planning for 25 people. Then we went to 50. Then we went to 250. And uh, probably two weeks before the meeting, we finally got approval for 500. By that time, marketing was out the window. We couldn't market the live meeting like we wished we could have. 
But we uh, we did well. It was and interesting. If I remember right, at one point you were 250 and 250. 250 in two yeah. different areas. It was a nightmare. We redrew floor plans how many times? Right. Probably, many, many probably times. 30 times. One of the difficulties at that point was that the the regulations that we were put under to execute conferences like that kept shifting under our feet. Every day. And, Every and hour. So, yeah, fortunately, as of as of June 1st, we won't have that problem to deal with. Oh, and as I'm we so got jealous. closer to <laughs> as we got closer to the date. We could have done 500 or greater, but at that time, to Mary's point, it was too late to, to get that those attendance. So I'm curious, um, what what lessons do you learn from planning that process? Did you, I mean, Roll you had a punches. Change. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> That's something you always have to do in meeting planning, but for that year, this year, it was uh, 10 times. And uh, plan as far ahead as you can, but expect change and choose the right venue. <laughs> People that are going to really stick by you and, and uh, help you get through it because you have to have a team. How many people did you have virtually and in person? What was the mix? Uh, it was even. It was even. Right. Okay. And, and did you have, what was the feedback from attendees on both, on both sides, from the in-person and the uh, virtual side? The live attendees were so excited to be here and to be with each other and in a venue uh, alive, and I, I hate it when you say live, it sounds like as opposed to dead, but um, <laughs> they were, they were thr thrilled to be here. And so we had nothing but positive feedback. And as I was telling Rachel, uh, ordinarily you're going to have little complaints here and there, you know, we ran out of coffee, we did this, we did. no complaints. <laughs> I've never had a meeting where there were no complaints. Amazing. It was fantastic. <laughs> I don't, even know, I don't even know what that's like. No, yeah. well, yeah. and I, I, the honeymoon will be over, I know, <laughs> but it was great. Um, the, um, the virtual, it, was, it went well. I mean, I, I had never done a hybrid meeting, so that was very challenging. I really had to trust the people that we chose to do the virtual platform, and then uh, the AVs went beautifully, and our meeting is heavily AV dependent, so that saved us. Can you give us a little touch about what the attendee experience was like? Was it, you know? Well, I mean, I, I'm afraid we've spoiled them. They all love having their own table to sit at <laughs> yeah. oh in a 50,000 foot square foot <laughs> well, ballroom you know. for 450 people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, I hope that uh, only those 450 are spoiled in that way because we won't be able to do that again. Uh, they um, didn't, you know, they were not the least bit distressed about the prepackaged food, which was excellent anyway. So. What's to be distressed about? Um, I think the experience overall was very, very positive. I, like I said, no complaints. So as you were the first one to kind of come back live with 425 attendees, or you kept on adding more or trying to figure it all out, um, what kind of safety protocols did you have to put in place? Mm. Uh, because I can imagine it was changing on a daily basis. Safety protocols were everything to begin. And it's the very night before the meeting, Don said, by the way, you don't have to do temp checks. I'd already hired 15 people to do temp checks, but we were so thrilled. We did not have to do temp checks. So it's like even now, it's constantly changing, mm -hmm. and it was then also. But again, Caesars really took care of that almost to the total extent. I just didn't have to do that much. And I think what we're going to find going forward is that um, w once we get to the place, and for, for Nevada, June 1st, we no longer have these types of restrictions. But facilities like Don and I run, we're going to have our own restrictions, mm -hmm. right? We're going to have our own protocols. And I think every customer is going to have their own set of protocols, too. The interesting thing about this, though, is that they're going to be by choice at that point, right? The difficulty that I think 
Mary Allen had to deal with was that they were put upon her and they were shifting. But, you know, if she does a meeting in July or August, she can do what she wants to do around her customer experience rather than being told what to do around her customer experience. Well, and I think it's all, as we talked about earlier, a little dictated towards the actual client that's coming in. No question. So you no have to make sure you tread lightly on those things. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the, over, the, the big question, Mary, is, you know, what would you do differently? Any opportunities you saw out there, um, things you never want to do again? <laughs> <laughs> it was such a unique experience. Yeah. What would you do differently? There was nothing I could do because it was right. pretty much dictated by others what we could do. Uh, I would learn a lot more about virtual platforms. I would have mm -hmm. more time to do that, and I still have a lot to learn about that. Um, but uh, I really can't think of a whole lot that I would do differently at this point other than recognize that if you have to do a hybrid meeting, then um, know your virtual platform and know what your expectations are and what how much you can get out of it. I did not get everything out of the virtual platform I could have because I wasn't aware enough. I think it's also, I mean, gosh, we're all learning. I, I mean, you could, everything you do, I mean, you could always constantly learn in this environment, which is good, challenging, but good. I really want to touch, real quickly touch on the budget. Did how much <laughs> of this affect your budget from say a previous just regular to now? I threw the budget out the door <laughs> yeah. about the third week of planning. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, it's, it's very expensive to do a hybrid meeting. That's all I can say. It's expensive to do a hybrid meeting. It's expensive to do one per six foot. It's expensive exactly. to do 400 people in a 50,000 I mean, football Basically, room. we pay more for 450 people than we pay for 1,200. And I would think it was, it was more the hybrid area because the cost of, of the one per six foot wasn't it. We, we, we certainly didn't charge right. for that. We, up, we upgraded the audiovisual, the size of screens and things, thanks, thanks to our partner with Encore. And, and so that wasn't an issue in, in Freeman. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more the, the hybrid section. And as far as the food and beverage, um, the way we packaged it was different, but we tried to, you know, we, we certainly, our focus is to still provide that restaurant quality food and beverage uh, experience. And I think we I accomplished that. Yeah, that's a great segue to you, Don. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Now you're in the hot seat. Um, you've been with Caesars Entertainment for 30 years. 32. Plus. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, uh, what has your team done to prepare for this new time? Well, you know, this, we, we, we were preparing a year ago to open this gorgeous uh, facility that you're now sitting in, and we never had the opportunity. So what we did when we first got shut down was to really um, concentrate on what we had done here, and we looked at, as we were going to come back with the, new, the other hotels, opening them to the same standards and really fine tune everything we're doing from the way we do BEOs, menus, displays. Um, you know, it's, it was June 1st that we actually opened our hotels. We were talking earlier. People think, you know, we've been back in business. Certainly Mary's was the largest. Uh, the meetings business was the last group that, that really be, were able to open. We started at 50 people, then 250, or I think it was 100 and then 250. But all along the way, our focus has been to bring back the staff, retrain them on our protocols, as well as uh, what our new uh, standards were going to be, our new SOPs. And then to, again, try to 
make the customers feel like as close to normal as we could other than having to wear a mask and being in a distancing situation. Food and beverage service tried to keep it the same, plated functions. We did different things to keep guests safe. We had more attendance for coffee breaks and things like that. But our goal was to create a very similar experience for the guests even though we were under this uh, you know, pandemic. And I think it's important to note that we weren't dark during this time period. Correct. We had, we didn't have a lot of meetings going on, but we had meetings of 25 and 50 and 75 and 100 happening beginning last June, all the way through the fall and the winter. It was, it was near constant. So it wasn't anything like what we do normally, Right. Um, but it was happening. So we were practicing these protocols. Yeah. And you mentioned retraining your, your team, so to speak. Um, how was that? Is it like ever evolving? to this day? Well, absolutely. So as we kept bringing people back, uh, we would have to go through the protocol training, have them tested before they came back on property, and then go through, uh, you know, a day training before we let them hit the floor. Fortunately, all the employees we were bringing back had worked with us before. So it was really fine tuning and explaining what the new standards are as far as distancing, when to wear a glove, when not to wear a glove, all of the things that the setup team we're required to do with sanitizer, how they're going to disinfect the room. You know, we spend a lot of time in these buildings taking care of food safety. So nothing was new back of house other than uh, chefs wearing masks and gloves. Uh, basically, it was change in protocol once we entered the room. Try to keep a front waiter and a back waiter so that the guests could feel comfortable that people aren't leaving and coming back. Mm -hmm. Delivering up a, a plated meal with the plate cover on like you're at a gourmet restaurant, but instead of just saying voila, ask the customer, are you comfortable with me removing the plate cover? Those are just little things that we did to make guests feel comfortable. And as far as the, the food on the plate, it was as delightful as our chefs always prepare. So we got great comments from the customers. So you mentioned, you know, Mary's conference was the first one to come in, well, that size. Um, what lessons were learned from that one? Because she was kind of like the guinea pig in a way. Well, yeah, but, well, well <laughs> Willing. first of all, Willing. first of all, we have a relationship. I've known Mary for, you know, 30 years. Um, and, uh, you know, it was poetic to bring the trauma group back, mm -hmm. our first big group at Caesars Palace our longest running convention that we had. It's, it's family. It's not just customer relations, it's a family. Um, but, you know, calling her in the middle of the night saying, okay, we gotta do this. Remember, this isn't me telling you this. This is our governor or the CDC. And once she got through that, she was fine. I, I, would, I would say, Mary, maybe you wanna consider this. But really, I think Mary hit it on the head. It's about uh, communication, it's about trying to work together and partner with the customer on a plan and then being able to be so flexible because in a day's notice, the whole thing changed. Fortunately for us, it changed for the better. It could have just as well changed for the worse. But we were delighted that we could do more things by the time she got here than we thought we could do when we started the planning process. And moving forward with customers, you know, Mike has mentioned June 1st, there is no more requirements. Yeah. What we're gonna continue to do is communicate with the customer, com partner with them to tell them this is what we can do legally or from the, you know, the state. This is what we suggest, but we're willing to, to talk and partner with you if you wanna make it a little bit more tight because you're concerned of the guests, well, we can do that and, and work with them and plan the process. 
and then really communicate to the guests. We, one thing we talked about, please let the guests know what, you're, yeah. what they're going to be required to do when they get here. Mm -hmm. We might have meetings coming up that we are going to mandate masks. The rest of the hotel is not mandating masks. So being communicative with the customers so they know we're doing this for your safety, and this is, you know, just because, yes, you, can, you don't have to wear a mask in the property, but if you want to attend our meeting, that's the requirement to come to the meeting. So I think communication is key, partnering, and of course, if you get the opportunity to work with friends and family, it makes it even that much easier to, to execute a great program. It, it's really interesting the way the world works when it's all said and done. Like, you know, so our first big conference at Caesars Palace was, you know, a 50-year customer, 54-year customer, and somebody, as Don said, we consider family and we care so much about. And then our, our first conference here at the Forum, our first large conference, uh, will be MPI, who we've been so engaged with for so yeah. many years. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so that'll kind of be a coming out party for the Caesars Forum. So it's, I think it's just interesting and ironic that those two things occur. Yeah, and I, uh, that actually brings up another question for Don. MPI is coming here June 14th and 15th. Great example. Yeah. So as of June 1st, we could basically go back to pre-COVID conditions. MPI has decided, based on their, their feedback probably from attendees, that the attendees would like a little bit more uh, protocols in place. So we will be doing temperature checks uh, right up here before they enter the facility. They'll be requesting mandate. This is as of today. Things always change, so it could change. They might feel more comfortable in a week from now. But what we're working on right now is that we will require masks in the facility, and of course, our staff will be asked to do the same. We will not be doing buffet service, although we could. We'll have attendant uh, stations if we have a station, like a coffee break. Uh, but right now, we could just open it up June 1st and have uh, no, no attendance at all. And, um, and we're gonna be basically doing, you know, plated meals and things like that. We will have some bar service. You know, still today, we haven't really done bars in the room because if you're at three foot distancing up until June 1st, I'd rather give the customers the service rather than have them stand in line. And up to now, it's been, you have to be seated uh, to, to eat or drink. So why make a guest stand up in line when we can serve mm -hmm. them the drink? But after June 1st, we no longer have that requirement. So. Um, MPI has decided, and I think, you know, it's, it's their first big program, and they want to make their guests uh, comfortable. And a lot of customers are talking about what they're going to feel comfortable. And again, we're just going to partner with them. We'll use our last couple shows to say this is what we've done. This is, you know, what the feedback was from the attendees. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, let the customer uh, decide what, you know, what they want to do. It, it's not all about governmental restrictions, right? I mean, we, we care deeply about right. our team members, about yeah. our customers. And, and so we're going to do, you know, even though we don't have restrictions, we're still only going to do rounds of six and eight for the indefinite future. We're only going to do two per six for the indefinite future. We're still going to keep lots of sanitational protocols in place that we put in place over the last nine months. And I think a good example of this is, you know, Florida and, and, and Texas and Georgia and Indiana, who have been open since last summer. They, they didn't have governmental restrictions. They had their own restrictions that they put on themselves. Mm -hmm. And then customers put restrictions on themselves based on their attendees. And at least that's going to continue for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good thing, right, mm -hmm. that we restrict ourselves, that we make sure we're, we're understanding the tone of the situation. Yeah, I, wanna, I just want to, there's a question in here. Um, the address, we, we're sitting fairly close together, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that we are vaccinated. <laughs> so we are safe. We made sure. So that is why we are so close together today. Question.
but I really appreciate you asking and worried about us. So I, I do appreciate we that. Still, we still do have for we still do have social distancing restrictions yes, here in Nevada until June first. Yes, and it was very you can tell when you walk in there. You guys have done a great job with that. Um, Don, real quick, what is the attendee expectation for MPI this year? Do we know? Twelve hundred. Um, it's yes. twelve hundred. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Well, good luck. Yeah, that's we're excited. We're, looking, we're, we're excited. You know, we've we've done meetings in this facility, but we're so excited to finally really give it a test drive, kick the tires, and, and really get going. <laughs> so, it's it's yeah. an outstanding conference at a great facility. If you haven't registered yet, please register. <laughs> Little plug, dude. This is a SEMA thing. SEMA's an even better conference. <laughs> Go to that one too. <laughs> Everyone register for everything. Everyone register for every conference at this point, especially if you're especially coming to Vegas. Ones at <laughs> one you can register for too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, um, Don, one last question here. What advice do you have for some planners that are coming in uh, and having some concerns or want to do an event at Caesars or anywhere here in Vegas? What kind of I think it goes advice? back to communicate with mm -hmm. your convention services uh, specialists that you're working with. Find out what is required, then go back and figure out what you feel most comfortable with. Partner with the facility. We're we just want people to come to Las Vegas. We want them to use our buildings. We want to do meetings. We will work with anybody to put in any, any type of protocol they want. And, um, and I think that it's our job to keep communicating of attendee, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what, what the comments have been so that they, they know, you know, if you're planning something in, in August, you know, you might feel a lot differently in July than you do today. Yeah and uh, keep an eye on what's going on and you know the numbers keep coming down and but you know listen this has been a it's been a heck of a ride and I having a little bit of caution I think is smart and like Mike says we could do anything we want we have our own suggestions and things that we don't want really want to expand on right now we want to make sure people are comfortable and we want to do the right thing for our staff yeah. and for the for the guests that's great and the only thing I would add to that if I could is that is that don't feel like you're alone. I mean, you right. know, there have been hundreds and hundreds of conferences that have happened around the country in Las Vegas. Um, and, and, you know, so you can feel comfortable that they can occur and they can occur safely. And there are people to talk to to find out what, did they, what they did. You know, obviously we're some because we see lots of conferences, but you can go right to people like Mary Allen. And, you know, there's plenty of people mm -hmm. to talk to. So conferences right. can happen safely and they can happen, yeah. you know, and, and, and you just have to figure out who to talk to to find out what to do. Absolutely. I gotta tell you, it was just wonderful having dinner last night with people I haven't seen in forever. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, okay, Miss Rachel. Speaking of conferences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've got Cvent Connect coming up and with 4,500 attendees, estimated, right? No, that was historical. So, so historical, we, okay. We've had, a, you know, over the nearly the last 10 years, we've had up to 4,500 attendees okay. um, with Cvent. I was gonna say, that'd well. be amazing. Yeah, which um, would be amazing, but so, obviously we're you know, deep into the planning process with Caesars right now. And, um, you know, historically, we, you know, we've grown from a, a small user conference to a, you know, large scale industry event and, you know, a premier event tech conference. So we obviously work very closely with Michael's team and, and Caesars to make the decision to host a hybrid event in August. Um, we had, you know, uh, it's been a it's been a fun journey um, deciding how to host, where to host, what to do. Um, so the planning process, I know, you know, has been a Mary is nodding her head because she's been through this. But we, you know, we took this decision very seriously, and we had many uh, conversations with our CEO, our CMO about 
when was the right time? And um, you know, we were planning or originally to do it early spring, but we decided moving it to August was the best course of action for us, for the industry, um, et cetera. So, you know, it's been it's been a unique time. I think it's <laughs> safe to say we've all had a hell of a year. Um, so, you know, for us, we're um, and our leadership team, we're very excited for the return of in-person events. Love the theme of the the webinar. Um, so, we're we're excited to kick things off. So, how is your format different this year, and and how are you planning for the hybrid side of everything? Sure. Um, you know, we kind of kicked the tires. We, you know, debated with uh, management and team what was the right um, format for us. Um, last year, we were supposed to be at Caesar Forum, but we, we ended up um, postponing, obviously, and we went virtual, um, which was a learning curve, for think, I think, for everybody. Um, but we realized that the reach of, you know, we had 40,000 uh, 40, people register plus, um, and about 70% of that attend. And so we just realized that, There's just so much more reach out there for us. And um, when we were talking about the return of in-person, obviously there's nothing that can replace face-to-face. -face. I mean, there's nothing like sitting here with you guys right now and, and, and chatting and, and being able to see you in, in person. Um, but there are some people that will be limited and not be able to travel or uh, you know, only want to see certain sessions. So we felt that it was important to um, host hybrid. Uh, in August, so so that's kind of you know the decision based, and then as for format, um, we went uh, in a, a direction of obviously we have the in-person experience that people can register for, um, and then we have two virtual paths. We we um, opted to do a virtual premium, which is um, you know a lot more content than the virtual basic. So it's a, there's a paid experience versus a um, a free experience, and really. Um, what the basic is is just, you know, uh, it's basically three different factors of premium versus, versus basic, which is, you know, session access, keynote access, and then um, and networking. So at the premium level, you get a little bit more. Um, and for us, what we've kind of uh, deemed it is there's, hybrid isn't just streaming, and obviously hybrid is not new. We've been doing it in the industry for for years, but for us, we want to really make sure that it is one event, two experiences, because we don't want to just live stream to right. people. We want to make sure that they're, uh, they have their own experience, and if there are travel restrictions in place at their companies, or they want to send two people on site and the rest of their team watches all the content that they might not be able to see, um, we want to make sure they have that experience as well and they, they can um, really enjoy it. So the big question is, how are you managing the budget and the revenue goals and the <laughs> forecasting for everything? Because this is not an easy task. Yeah, um, that's. thank you for that really easy question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure we brought it down a little bit. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Mary, I think you said this and I was laughing because we have, you know, at this point, I don't know, 16 different versions of the budget <laughs> based on what format type we were looking at. Um, so, you know, Mary, I might take your suggestion and just throw it out the window. Um, no, it's it's been a it's been a fun little road just determining like how to upscale hybrid. We're looking at different production types. Um, you know, to break it down, we kind of have the high, low, medium production. Um, you know, high being general session live streamed, uh, medium being what we're calling stream stages, um, was it, which is essentially just an elevated production. We're we're doing. Um, a ton of different, we have the in-room in producer and then we have the virtual producer also helping with 
you know, transitions and graphics and lower thirds, making that um, be a little bit more um, engaging and, and um, up, upscaled. Um, and then we have, you know, your basic, which is, which is just your normal webinar that you would, would uh, film at any given in-person event. So we've got all of that, um, and that's kind of factoring into our budget, right? So we made the decision to um, put a little bit more in there because when it comes down to it, the, the, the you know, what we're calling the hybrid multiplier effect, um, it, it actually benefits our company for us to have that content go um, live on, right, be, beyond the event, either on demand or live stream to more people that might not be able to see it or get here in person this year. Next year, please come in person. We love you all. Um, but, you know, for budget purposes, that was kind of how we looked at that. And then for revenue goals, that one was a little tricky. Um, we, we knew that we had a range of 1,000 to 2,000 people minimum on site. So, you know, we, we looked at that for registration projections. We looked at um, a scaled down trade show because we wanted to make sure that we have enough buyers to meet with suppliers and we didn't want to have, you know, 300 exhibitors when we didn't have enough people to meet with. So we had to factor those into to, uh, our bookings. We had to factor in sponsorship. So a lot of it was educated, not guesswork, but educated um, decision making, taking haircuts off sponsorships and all of that. So it's been, um, it's been a fun six months deciding how to, how exactly to do that. Well, as an event marketer in this show that you're doing, yeah. uh, I mean, you have to, your peers are, are obviously asking you questions and how, what, when can we come back? What is your answer to that? Oh I mean, gosh. how do well, you I, tell them, convince them? Yeah. That's a great question. I think it's kind of threefold. Um, we're obviously an event tech company. Right. Um, so me as the event professional for an event tech company, there's, um, you know, my peers are attending my conference um, or CVENTS conference. And so for us, we, we have this microscope um, on us to show the best, uh, do the best, be the best, and, and try to do that. And that's why we picked this beautiful venue, Caesars Forum, um, to do that, because I think that we're going to be able to hopefully show them how to run a best-in-class hybrid event um, in doing that. But I would say, you know, as far as helping people return in person, um, it's funny, we actually met about this last week, is, is it's, it comes down to content and how we are pre, during, post showcasing behind the scenes. Um, we're doing planner interviews prior to our own planners. Prior to the event, we're going to be working with Caesars on kind of behind the scenes stuff with them. Um, you know, as we as we learn more, and obviously we've, we've talked about this the whole webinar, the evolving situation that we're in. Um, we are highlighting the 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 best our best foot forward as we can during the event. We're going to do production tours, behind the curtain tours, if you will, tech tours. Um, I'll probably be presenting. There'll be planners on my team that are. Um, showcasing how we did it, you know, and so, and that, that'll help. Um, but then obviously a lot of our content is focused on the return to in-person and the future. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be this, this, um, there already is this hunger of learning more. And um, so I'm excited to be able to showcase that with people afterwards. So I, you kind of touched on the engagement strategy a little bit, yeah. but, you know, safety protocols, again, are a big item, a big concern. So how, I know it's ever-changing, Don, ever-changing, 
but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. I, I think Don and I are going to become best friends um, <laughs> in uh, our, our approach for Cvent Connect in August. Um, obviously, with the June first restrictions lifting, and what Michael said about you know working together, it's going to be a lot of that. Um, it's going to be we obviously duty of care comes first for all of our attendees. Our health and safety for um, folks is um, paramount. So. You know, we did ask in registration if people, this was an optional question, if people have been vaccinated um, or plan on getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt like we, we just wanted to ask that just to gauge what attendee behavior would be. Um, you know, obviously we're working very closely with our internal um, teams on what the, the right approach is. Um, contactless check-in, we might do, you know, the color-coded lanyards for, for um, you know, sentiment, how, how people feel. Um, you know, I think we're talking through all those things right now. And I, Don, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but. Well, just in our, fortunately for us in Las Vegas, we have such big buildings. We have two yeah. of the world's largest ballrooms here that are 110,000 square feet. Um, so we have the, the ability to spread things out a little bit more for that comfort. Like Mike says, you know, we can do eights, we can do sixes, we can do tens, and, and it won't interfere. I mean, with Mary's group, 50,000 square foot ballroom. We could easily have done 3,000 people. We had 448 people. The screens were bigger than they normally would have been, but the customers felt very comfortable and safe and uh, were able to spread out the food stations and, and have attendance there. So we're, we have the ability to really make it a world-class event, very safe, very comfortable with the ability for attendees still to converse and, and network and all those things. You know, we did a smaller meeting here once and when the customers said they wanted everybody at rounds of, of cocktail tables of one person, I thought, I said, are you nuts? But you know what, I stood back when, the, uh, when it operated and we had a, a cocktail table and, and the other guest was six foot away and it was, it, was, it was very comfortable for the guests and they were able to network very easily. So we actually kept doing that for quite some time because it was a great setup. I mean, I would have never thought of it, but you know, you could do a crescent table. So we just have the, the space that mm -hmm. really lends to-, to, to uh, I think that's you when know. you really have to rely on the partnership. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think you know, one thing we're talking about is a sentiment <laughs> survey to our attendees just to see where they are because now they could feel a lot different than August, right? And so a lot could change between now and then. I mean, so three, we're monitoring. Three months in COVID time is like. Uh, oh, that's like <laughs> ten dog years. <laughs> right? uh, okay, so Cvent. This isn't their only thing that they do. They have a thousand, oh gosh, yeah. thousand plus events a year. Um, how are you planning for the future on those? Um, you know, one day at a time. But um, you know, pre-COVID, when we were doing a thousand plus events a year, obviously now it's a little bit less given the, the virtual environment. Um, what, what really changed, I think, in the pandemic is that virtual events and webinars became part of our total events program. Um, you know, they were already a tactic in the mix, right? But our team wasn't necessarily uh, a huge part of them. Now we're involved in the production. We're doing a lot um, with that. So I think, you know, I can't say exactly what our, our total events strategy is for the next six months, but I do know that you know, MPI and, and other trade shows are coming back. We are, we are exhibiting at some of those. We are um, traveling to some of those. Um, we have our own smaller you know, product seminar things, um, um, you know, customer success groups, things like that, that we're looking at, at towards the end of the year, starting to slowly trickle back mm -hmm. into the mix. 
Um, I think the, the good news there is, you know, looking at the total events program, both hybrid, virtual, and in-person, and um, just, it depends on your organization, looking at what the right mix is, right? Um, I think that, Mike, you, you said this before, the, you know, the, there's nothing that kind of holds you back from in-person, like the, the, the success of that was proven during the pandemic of, of how impactful face-to-face -face events are. And so I don't think anything's gonna replace that. Uh, I think we're gonna have a golden boom of events coming out and you know, now into the end of the year. I think it's gonna be a tremendous time for our industry. I'm very excited for our events team and what we're planning. Um, so I hope that answers part of your question, but you know, yeah. it's, it is uncertain I think he's times, gonna expand but... on it in two seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, think, I think he, he does I, I, Look, I, I just, I, to build on what you're saying, like, I think this is just a fantastic mm -hmm. time for our industry. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's people's, people's understanding yeah. of why they meet and what they get out of being face-to-face -face yeah. has never been higher. Mm -hmm. Their desire to do so has never been higher. And, and if you look at, at just our business, and, and a lot of my contemporaries around the country have said the same, our calendars are, are full for the next 12 to 14 months. And the customers we're talking to are saying they're bringing the amount of people that they anticipated they would bring. And so I think this is a, this is a real chance to be one of, those, one of those inflection points for an industry that really puts it on an even stronger footing going mm -hmm. forward, that people know why they meet, they know, they know what the value is of face-to-face. -face. Yep. They added hybrid as an extension, and they understand what that brings to the table. This is a real chance to be a fun time. How's it? And this is off script, so watch <laughs> oh, out. Boy. But uh, Michael and Don, have you felt that it's gotten you connected more with your employees, the people that are working for you? Because you've had to actually get more involved because you've had to do more. Yeah, I'll let you start with that, Don. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I think I'm always pretty much, yeah. know, I'm involved. I go yeah. in the kitchen when they're dishing up. I'm in the back hallway. I can right. tell, every, tell you every employee that works for us. But, yeah, I think we're, you know, I think what we've seen is that, you know, how happy they are to be working. Yeah. And mm -hmm. whether they're wearing a mask or not, you can tell how happy they are because that smile comes from, yeah. from with under the yeah. mask. And mm -hmm. it's, it's been great. It's been great to welcome people back. It's been great to, to people are just, I mean, the staff is just so excited to be working and to be servicing the guests and the guests, um, I think they, you know, they can tell. Mary Ellen touched on it earlier when she said that her attendees didn't have any complaints. <laughs> so the employees are in the same situation. Like the phrase we use for it is we, everybody's just, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here, right? I'm happy to be here learning. I'm happy to be here working. I'm happy to be here seeing you. I'm happy to be here having dinner with yeah. people you haven't, everybody's just happy to be and here. And it comes through. No, it no really question. comes through. No My question. attendees commented on that. I'll and, never take it for granted again, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, and our job as employers is, is to, is to you know engage that to build on that and to make sure that that doesn't go away right um, and and so the employees are coming back happy to be here we build on that we make sure that stays and and you know we could have a, a nice environment there too so going to you not only are you the chief sales officer for Caesars Entertainment but you're also the co-chair of meetings and business thankfully so <laughs> which is a great great organization but You've probably been kind of concerned about the face-to-face -face meetings and what's been going on in the industry in the past 15 months. Well, it's been a hard, it's been a hard 15 months, right? I mean, it's, you know, when your industry literally gets shut down and, and in some ways I'd even say discriminated against, you have to yeah. figure out, you know, you know, how you deal with that, you know, cause I think the frustration for all of us was a little bit of why that, but not this, 
right? As you looked around and you saw <laughs> restaurants and airports and sporting venues happening and meetings and events not happening at the same level, you get a little frustrated. And that's honestly, that's why I put my name forward to be the co-chair at this time. And I'm thankful that they, uh, I'm thankful they accepted my, my, uh, me putting it forward. So. so do you think hybrid's a new normal? So look, I, I think hybrid's fantastic because I, I think the, uh, the object of what we're trying to do is to mm -hmm. engage as many people in learning, as many people in the product launch, as many people in the membership, as many people in whatever it is we're trying to accomplish. And hybrid allows us to extend that. You know, I, I go to bed worrying about a lot of things. The value of face-to-face -face over other mediums is not one of them. And so face-to-face mm -hmm. -face will always exactly. be the best way yeah. to do it. And so I don't have any sense that hybrid is a threat. I think it's an extension. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's fantastic. It gets more people in the conversation. And as people get more engaged in the conversation, they're going to know that the best place to, to really engage and to really learn and to build relationships is face-to-face. -face. And so they're going to engage in the funnel. They're going to end up face-to-face. -face, and I think it's positive for everybody. Is hybrid going to be the new pivot? Sorry, I right. just had to throw that out there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it, cer it certainly is a word. Mary Alice said earlier, she hopes she never hears it again. I think it's, it's, it's one that Sorry, many of us feel that way about. I, it's just going to be one of those things. Um, so... As you said, the co-chair of meetings made the business. What do we need to do to move this industry forward? So, look, I, I would say two things, and they're really related. I, one, I would say, just get engaged, right? So, so it, you know, you're a participant in this great industry. We're all very fortunate to, to be in this great industry. Like, get engaged, whether it's SEMA or MPI or PCMA or ASE. There's a million different organizations for you to get engaged with. And then the second thing is, I would say, get engaged not just for a resume club and not just to find customers. But get engaged to help move our industry forward. Get engaged to advocate for our industry. Get engaged to make sure that people understand what we do, why it's important to society, and, and how many people it impacts. Because the truth is that nothing good ever happened until someone first had a meeting. And so everything that's great in society happened because of meetings and events. And whether you're a housekeeper, a cab driver, a front desk agent, or you're working at the airport, you know, we touch so many people. And so people need to understand that. So get engaged in some organizations and get engaged in a way that's going to help move that, move that forward. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you hearing from some of the customers that you're talking to and what the future looks like? So I, I mentioned earlier that our calendar is as, as good as it's ever been, right. and our customers are just excited to get back together mm -hmm. and meet. And that might sound Pollyannish coming from the chief sales officer of Season Entertainment, but look, we, we, you know, we, have, we are at all-time record levels for the number of room nights on the books, the number of mm -hmm. customers on the books, and they're dying to get back together yeah. to meet because they mm -hmm. know that they can't grow, they can't increase membership, they can't launch their products, mm -hmm. they can't increase their sales unless they get together and they do it face-to-face. -face. And so they're, they're, they're yearning to do that. Yeah. And you mentioned June 1st, you guys are going to be open. So what does this mean to the markets that you operate in, this whole the change, the June 1st thing? Well, it, you know, it, the meetings business has a lag time, so we don't just jump up and run and go and do first. it. Yeah, I, okay. I wish I wish we did. <laughs> but, but we we're, should. We'll probably be at somewhere somewhere around like a quarter to half of normal in June, and still maybe half great. of normal in July, yeah. and we start to get back to normal in, in August, September. So we still have some ramp up time, um, and and that that ramp up time exists no matter where we operate, right? right. So. I think uh, I think this fine state of New Jersey just said that they're going to we're going to be back to 100% in July. Mm -hmm. That'll be great. So we're planning on getting things going there. Obviously, in Nevada, we're at 100%, mm -hmm. and uh, so we're excited. So I'm going to ask you this question: What advice would you give these uh, event marketers or meeting planners that are coming in, especially in corporate America, that are about Las Vegas or Caesars as a whole, to come back and do events live? 
Well, I mean, look, you know, you ha I think you have to meet, right? You mm -hmm. have to gather if you want to grow. Mm -hmm. And you want to do so with partners that, like Don said, are going to work with you, they're going to understand you. Um, you want to work with partners that, you know, that, that want to be safe and want to share your values. And so, you know, I think this, this notion of discovery in the process about, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What am I trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And how do we match those things? That's always been something that's important in our business. It's always been something that's important to Caesars Entertainment. I think it's mission critical now is to really just have an honest conversation mm -hmm. about who are your attendees? What do you want? What are you trying to get out of this? What do you want this to look and feel like? And then you're going to have partners like Don and I, they're going to help make it happen for you. Great. Thank you all for these great perspectives on everything that we're dealing with here. Um, it's, it's a fun time. It's, it's, I think I've learned more in the last year and a half of things I never really wanted to learn. <laughs> but I, we've all done it. We've all, we are now event producers. Um, production, watch out, Encore. We might be after your job. Um, but uh, we know now more questions to ask, which is great, that empowerment of doing that. So I'm going to go to some of the Q&A. Uh, that we have in place here from all of you. And I'm going to start with, um, I, you might have, I think we already touched on this. Uh, uh, how, how are things, uh, sorry people, I need glasses. How are things operating in Las Vegas in general? Are venues struggling to find staff to return? This, the staffing thing will be interesting, and, and Don, Mon and I start, and you can build on my comments, but, but you know, I, I would say that in general, staffing is going to be difficult to come by for all the reasons that you read about in the news. And in the meetings and events business specifically, these are great jobs. I mean, like our customers are, are fun, they're nice. Uh, our teams are fun and nice. The jobs pay relatively well. Um, we had a really dedicated group of team members that were servicing this customer before we went into the situation. We've kept in very close contact with them. So I guess it's top of mind for us and we're worried about it, but I'm, we're not that worried about it. I think we're gonna be okay. I agree. I mean, I've heard from local restaurants, um, you know, waiters is easy to find. It's the kitchen help, it's yeah. the chefs, it's the, the dishwashers and things like that. I think at our buildings, when we have, you know, again, we've been calling people back since last June to come to work little by little, and uh, we've, we've had nothing but employees showing up from that. So, That's great. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we're onboarding people now, training. Um, and there's, you know, there's some, again, there's some of, of, there's some culinary people that have found other places to go, and some of our CS convention managers have decided to do something else, but there's plenty of people who want to come to Las Vegas. Um, we had great results when we were hiring for this facility, and um, all of the people that, that joined our team then are sticking with us, so it, it's, it's, we're excited. That's good. So ask, if any, anyone has any questions, go to the source. All right. <laughs> we're not going to listen to anything else. Um, Color-coded lanyards to capture how attendees feel. How they feel about what? Vaccinations? <laughs> Sorry. I wondered that But I wondered, well, I wondered about that myself, so I'm kind of glad this was in there. We're still, we're still um, evolving this concept, but it, it's basically, you know, red is uh, I want to remain distanced and am not comfortable with handshakes. Yellow would be I'm a little bit more. It has nothing to do with vaccines because... You know, I, I don't think people more wanna, like comfort level. Not everybody wants yeah. to warn, you know, give that information, but it's more comfort level with where where you kind of stand um, within, you know, your journey. Uh, mm -hmm. Green would be you feel comfortable with with stuff. So green would be give me a hug. Pretty green much, much. I'm already down. <laughs> Ask before hug kind of thing, but you know, um, I'm cool with the whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, you have another. Uh, Rachel, you're on. Uh, you're oh, on boy, fire here. Uh, are you willing to answer what percentage of attendees indicated that they would be vaccinated before attending? Uh, you know, we're still looking at that data, um, and it actually is changing daily. Um, so I don't have an exact percentage off the top of my head. Um, we're hoping it's over, you know, 80 percent um, or 90 percent just to see. But it, it's it but it's an optional question. It does, it's so optional, it's, so yeah. it's kind of a you know a smaller sample of people that opted to take it. But um, yeah, it's really not going to hinder them coming to the event. But we wanted to just, from an attendee perspective, are they going to be at, you know, Dre's nightclub and, and hugging and drinking and, and being, um, you know, you know, more highly engaged at the event? Or do, do you think that we need to have, you know, areas where the, the mask is mandatory? You know, we're, we're still, again, evolving situation, but we're still talking through all that. Plexiglass, yeah. half the ballroom, and you got <laughs> right. the vaccination people here. And hug, I know we <laughs> Scarlet A. We, I, I had a customer ask about that. We were going to do a gala, and he said, well, if, how about if the people really want to be safe? I said, well, we could separate them with, you know, and it, just we, we don't need plexiglass. We could do ropes and stands. And I know I know we've touched on this a couple of times, but this is a, this is I think a really important part, just because these are all Rachel's choices, right? But I mean honestly, they're, they're yeah. Cvent's choices for Cvent attendees right. to make sure that they feel comfortable and they feel safe, which is a sea change from what Mary Allen dealt with, which was you know here are the protocols and they're mm -hmm. being forced down. So right. so so Rachel gets to think through what's best for her attendees and her organization. Right. And, and how does she want to make this feel for her? Good news, and, bad news. And I news. think it's a really, <laughs> right. it's, it's a really important part. I'm, I mean, when Mary was planning, I said, okay, do you understand if we split the 250, <laughs> they have to stay in those groups? So we were no. creating pods, and then the breakouts had to be in those pods. So it, there's, a, there's a lot of logistics. It, 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 no, with, and I don't think a lot of people understand that yet. And, and, and again, it's ever-evolving. So yeah. it, it might change two days before your event's going to come. You might have to redo everything. Just, just a little sun fun note for you. CD. I have yeah. my event before you, so don't worry. I'll let you know how it I'll goes. Give you a call. <laughs> um, for the Cvent digital experience, uh, will the sessions be presented live versus pre-recorded? So we have a couple different format types. Um, I, I mentioned stream stages versus general session and this webcast. We're going to have a couple different production formats. We have live, semi-live, um, and then on demand is going to be a huge part of it. Um, then we also have virtual only sessions, which um, just uh, again back to the two one event two experiences. We're making sure that the virtual audience also has their own experience um, because we want to make sure that they actually enjoy it and, and attend and have stuff to keep them engaged as well. This is an. Uh, uh, can you require participants to be vaccinated? I I think I mean we're we're all not lawyers, but um, I don't think. I, I don't think, think it we, depends on your I, I organization. I think it's a well, and, and you know, there's a lot of different variables on that one. You, I mean, there, there's, there's, you could not allow them to attend. I mean, right. you, you know, it's it's their I, choice if you want to be back. If you want to, I think I mean, that's a that, that's a that's a okay. event planner decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's also there's not, some not people ours. out there that just can't, for medical reasons, can't. Right. So. Some people are talking about either show a that you've been vaccinated or you know have a show a negative test. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I'm looking into this right now, but have you thought about using Claire for your health and safety protocols? And this might go to, well, could go to all of you. For yeah, so I'll, maybe I'll start and build on. So we have a relationship with Clear. So mm -hmm. if, if, a, if a customer wanted to use the Clear platform, we could connect them with the right people at Clear. Um, and we have a relationship with several other right. 
providers in that space as well. So in our facilities, you can use any one of those that you'd like, and, and we can help connect you with those if you don't already have a relationship. We haven't heard a lot of requests. Yeah. My advice was that uh, it is a lot easier, from people who have done it in the past, that uh, you not being attached to that procedure is better from the event marketer, event planner experience. That's just what I heard. Um, did you ask your attendees, oh, geez, these things move around, if they were vaccinated registration for MPI or will you ask the future 2021 22 meetings? So I don't know if we can even answer for that. MPI, yeah, yeah, that I, yeah that's, yeah. yeah. I have no do, you, do we know if they're, if they're asking yes? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm we're not sure. Um, now, this is an interesting one because I never really thought about this, but you're, you know, when you have an AV company or you have um, the third parties coming in to help, um, are you asking them to show vaccination? They, they, all of our vendors fall into the same yeah. employee categories as our own say, team yeah. members. So they deal with, we deal with them just like they were a team member of ours. You know, right now the protocol is if you haven't been fully vaccinated, you need to, you need to wear a mask. So we're not asking employees if they've been vaccinated. But do they have to adhere to the policies Correct. and procedures of what Correct. you put in place? Correct. And we're still temp checking for all employee yeah. entrances. And, you exactly. know, there's a whole series of employee protocols that you have to go through. You can only enter in certain places, et cetera, et cetera. And, and our, you know, our great partner, Encore, who's doing the, the, the technology for us here today, they, their employees will have to go through the same as our employees do. So do you have breakout sessions that were streamed live? And if so, what platform did you use and how different was the breakout experience for remote audiences? Was that for me or I Mary? think it's for Mary. Okay. We did not have breakout sessions and we were live streamed. Everything was live streamed. And how was the response good to that? Everyone felt comfortable with all of that? Yeah. Great. No problem. Didn't give them an option. <laughs> we did it. So where do the majority of your attendees travel from, Mary? Oh, we got Dr. Maddox would say we had 49 <laughs> states, right? 19 countries. Well, that he included the virtual and okay, the live. Okay, but I so, remember that. But these. we had almost all states. I think we didn't mm -hmm. get Maine because they only have two people or Rhode something. Island. Rhode Island. Okay, I knew it was up there, up there somewhere. <laughs> right. So it, it was across the country and uh, probably only a limited foreign countries or out of the United States for this conference. We usually have 17 or 18. Yeah, because I mean, it just depends. It's been yeah. kind of wild and over the sea, overseas here. Um, if I sign the contract, do I have the authority to make everyone in our meeting space wear a mask? I think that's up to the event, Mark. It's the, it's the, the, event it's the meeting sure. planner's discretion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no different than making them all wear a tuxedo. <laughs> Or a bikini. That was not from my <laughs> Completely up to the customer. item there, just to let all of you know. Everybody wears a cowboy hat. Michael will be speaking at SEMA Summit this year. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm going through these real quick here. Our national convention is coming to Caesars in July. Oh, I'm not, this is, they want to know about, <laughs> we'll pass that one. <laughs> Um, well, no, this is actually a really good one because you know when you come together again, you always want to meet. And they really are worried about they'll all go to the bar. So how do you make that experience, um, you know, if, if you're going to have an event come, what's the best way to do it if you want to have a meeting place for your uh, attendees? You could have a hospitality lounge yeah. up in the yeah. meeting space. You could, we, we do buyouts of our, our, our uh, bars and if they want to do an evening event, certainly that or a restaurant. Um, but you know, we would, 
certainly um, make a room available for them in, in the conference space for hospitality and, and serve them food and beverage, or if it's just a gathering place. So this is for Mary Allen. Mm. What kind of contract tracking protocols do you have for your meeting? Contract tracking protocols? Oh, contact. It says contract, but contact. I think contact, contact tracking, tracking protocols. Okay, let me think about that. Thank you, uh, Contact tracking. Well, what we assured we assure the um, Las Vegas and the state we would do is keep names, addresses. We did not uh, agree to have them, you know, tested or mandate that they be tested or notify us if they tested positive after the meeting. Um, so we basically just agreed to have contact information on file for any attending. You and they accepted that. It, it's, it's interesting because, you know, corporate meetings and events, or professional meetings and events, you know, you, you know who, who came, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, where they were from, you know, all kinds of information about them. They're here for work, so they generally are pretty amenable to, you know, the rules and regulations on how we move them around and staggered starts and when they, where they sit and how close they sit to people. So it, it, these, you know, in terms of things that you could do during a pandemic, professional meetings and events is at the top of the list, I think, right. because it's, they're very controlled environments mm -hmm. with people who are very serious about being here and trying to accomplish something particular. And so, you know, I, I think things like that, we know who they are, where they're going, you know, you've been to this conference for trauma care. I mean, the doctors are very serious about what they're doing. So. And, right. I think, and these are frontline um, providers. Um, and almost much... every person that came for Mary's convention was vaccinated because they were all emergency or trauma right. medicine uh, physicians and they all work in a hospital. And I just want to let you know, someone, Kristen from Rhode Island, said she would have come to your... Uh, oh, we'll come next year. We'll <laughs> be ready for you. <laughs> Send Don Ross your confirmation. Yes, we'll, we'll get that taken care <laughs> of. After your reservation. So we are a minute uh, to go here. And what fun this has been. Yes. Thank you guys for Thank taking uh, the time and energy and uh, just to do this. Because I think it's we need to have these more of these conversations and let people know that it is happening and there's ways around it and we need to be face to face because to get more done and it just feels good just yes, to be does. together again um so with that um being said i just want to thank all of you again any last comments questions people keep asking me what are the new food trends coming out of the pandemic <laughs> and i keep telling them not having to put them in individual plastic dishes oh. and be able to serve you you know i mean uh, we won't you know, even get not, to the sustainability thing. Exactly. Not a plated reception. I mean, we've spent so much time on menu concepts and doing like food hall kind of stations and things. We just want to go back and be able to provide that great uh, experience again. So. Yeah, I think that's the next one we do. Sustainability yeah. and all this. Yeah. How we survived the pandemic. Um, I also want to thank uh, Encore. Uh, for helping us out here. Caesars Palette, Caesars Entertainment, you two are amazing. We love your big friends of our SEMAs and we appreciate everything that you guys do for this industry. And uh, it would not be uh, an event without Rena. Uh, she's amazing. And if you ever want to book anything at Caesars, she's the lady to uh, contact. <laughs> nice to get you over there. And again, I would be uh, yelled at if I didn't say a plug for my event. SEMA Summit is going to be live. It's going to be hybrid. It is it in Phoenix at the uh, Hilton World of Astoria, July 26th and 27th. Registration is now open. We would love to see you. 
We're currently uh, have a lot of people coming. We have a great information to share, and it's all about communication. We're only going to get through this if we work together, and this is why we do these things. And we can share the knowledge, and we are going to get back to where we need to be. And I can't thank all of you for joining us today. Uh, be safe. More importantly, stay happy. We'll see you next time. Thank you all very much. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Great job. Wow, what a powerful, powerful panel discussion that was. I hope you got a lot out of it. Make sure you do not miss any other episodes like this where we drop a special episode in or any of the other ones that I've been doing with great guests and great tips. Just get over to my website at tradeshowu.biz. Right there, you can click on the podcast platform you like to listen to the most and subscribe. Please subscribe. You'll, you won't miss another episode. And while you're there, right on the homepage, just put your email in there. Sign up for the email newsletter. You'll get tips. You'll get all sorts of great stuff once a week. And I will also send you my top 52 trade show tips. So go to tradeshowu.biz today.